I want to claim the city of Detroit, the Archdiocese of Detroit, like in the name of Jesus for the father, for his kingdom. And um, I can see, like, I, mean, I love that you bring it up, right? It's, it is, it's signs and wonders. And it's those ordinary acts of charity, which when done in Jesus' name, can set the city on fire and can heal all this incredible woundedness that we can see everywhere we look in society today. Um, people asking, like, are there any, are there any selfless people left? <laughs> it's like, absolutely there are, right? But we followed the most selfless one uh, and we can, you know, witness to that. So, yeah, I just, I think there's an overflow of charity. There's an overflow of goodness. There's an overflow of the spirit over the city. Welcome back. And you're listening to another episode of Open Door Policy. I'm your host, Emily Mentock, and I'm joined by... Father Patrick Gagnon. How are you doing, Emily? I'm doing great, Father Patrick. How are you? Really good. In this remote world that we're still somewhat navigating, where are you recording from right now? Oh, this is this is an exotic one. I'm I'm uh, recording from Southern California uh, with visiting my parents who uh, spend a lot of time out here. They have a home. They're blessed to have a home near Palm Springs. And my sister lives in Orange County. So I haven't seen her since July and I hadn't wasn't able to see my parents over Christmas because of the pandemic. So we're really blessed to get to travel. And I packed my microphone (laughs) in my suitcase so that we could record an episode this week. I'm happy for you, but four. It's four degrees right now where I'm, where I'm recording. Oh, you don't want to four. know the weather here. It was a colder four. day here, a bl- blistery uh, 70. snowman run by. Sorry. Oh, Ooh, my gosh. The weather was nice, I'm, you say? <laughs> yeah, it's so beautiful. Oh, my gosh. We're so lucky. It's been, I mean, I need vitamin D to survive. We, I guess all humans need it to survive, but I feel like I really needed it this winter being in my apartment in downtown Detroit all winter. What has been your favorite uh, moment in your favorite experience so far in Southern California? Oh my gosh. Well, everything's been good, but you know, really the purpose of the trip was just to see my family since I hadn't seen right them on. in so long. It, I calculated it. It's the longest I've gone away from my family uh, ever in my entire life uh, because mm. I went to college where I grew up at, in town at Notre Dame. I didn't study abroad uh, and I mostly stayed in town to for my working career. So I had never been away from my parents or my sisters this long wow. ever. So yeah, it's just been such a blessing to be, be with them. I and confess. what about you, Father Patrick? How have you been up? What have you been oh, up? Oh, all is all is well. I just want to share a warm, sunny, sunny weather story for a second. You know, uh, okay. I I uh, love the sunshine, right? But I moved to Tennessee for a while in my life. Uh, you know, back in my twenties, and it was so hot in the summer, and uh, and it made me appreciate like the 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 Michigan summers, which are beautiful, and uh, honestly, like. The older I've gotten, like, you know, I've, I've got some Irish heritage and I burn pretty easily. And, and <laughs> several of the men, most of the men in our family have the gene where we go bald. And it's just not a good com- combination for that sun. So I'm <laughs> oh, no. grateful for like the Michigan seasons where like I love sunshine. I love I love a visit to Florida if I can get it once, a blue moon. But actually, I've come in my older age to just love like that Michigan, we don't get cooked all the time by hot sun. So you know, I, I'll take the four degrees today, though. I'd like one or two days of that Southern California stuff. But hey, the sun, Jesus Christ, is always shining in beloved disciples. Uh, and Amen. I'll, this first, this guest of ours tonight, the first time I met him, I remember vividly, well, my first recollection of standing in the sacristy uh, is St. John Newman in Canton, right? All right. And this guy was just clear right from the get-go, like so full of the Lord's love and radiant 
kindness and joy, truly authentic. And I'm going to pitch it to you, Emily, to take the intro. All right. So our guest this evening is Chris Leach. Uh, Chris Leach has been worn even multiple hats in just the short time that I've known him. Um, but currently he is the director of evangelical charity for the Archdiocese of Detroit. Um, we're really excited to be working or hearing from Chris today because that's such an important initiative of, of the work that we're doing to unleash the gospel in all of our parishes. Archbishop has been um, really encouraging us to see evangelical charity as an essential part of the evangelization work that we do. So can't wait to hear from Chris about his work and his journey. Um, but before we introduce him, I'd love to just share three fun facts. And these are truly fun ones to share uh, uh, about Chris. The first one is that he got a pandemic puppy even before it was cool, he says, uh, really before there was a pandemic. So in December of 2019, and uh, the puppy's doing great. The puppy's been at home with Chris through all of our work from home situation. And we'll have to hear more about the puppy uh, once we turn it over to Chris. He also uh, incredibly lost 185 pounds in the past two years. Um, and now his Encounter School of Ministry project is to share that overflow of grace to help others also lose weight. So what an amazing journey about that. Two, two health guests, uh, health-focused guests, back-to-back, Father Patrick with Michelle oh, and now with Chris. That's right. Um, and then finally, also coming to work for the Archdiocese of Detroit was Chris's first departure from direct ministry. And maybe um, Chris can share more about the difference between direct or versus the ministry he's doing now. Um, and uh, although it's hard to maybe the challenges of doing that uh, air support work to help parishes through the pandemic, um, certainly so many blessings uh, in this year and um, was able to, he was even able to join the Our Lady of Good Counsel and Plymouth Youth Ministry Team. So welcome, Chris. Well, hey, thank Chris. you so much. I'm excited to be here. I'm putting away some of my envy, Emily, over the weather because I'm with <laughs> Father Patrick. <laughs> degrees here. That's... I know I got lucky. This was of all the weeks. This was the week to leave. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I love it. Well, thanks so much for having me here today. It's awesome to have you, brother. Well, tell us, man, how did how did you become such a joyful missionary disciple? Like what what was when did you encounter Jesus? You know, I've always known Jesus. Wow. Like God has been very good to me. Like I grew up in a very Catholic family. My um dad was in the permanent diaconate for the Archdiocese of Detroit. So wow. um he was in formation when I was very young. So I like to tell people that my sisters and I, we kind of grew up in the basement of Sacred Heart Major Seminary <laughs> uh, because wow. he would be, he and my mom would be at formation day uh, and we would get to hang out there and everything. So uh, yeah, so faith has been a big part of my life and I was very blessed as a high school student to um, be in a great youth ministry program. And through that was called by my pastor to enter youth ministry as an adult. And uh, it's a way to continue to give back that blessing and to thank God for, you know, some of those early faith experiences that I had. What a phenomenal witness to discipling in a family that you, you were discipled by your folks from a young age, plugged into a youth group where you got discipled well, which probably played a huge role in your, in your youth ministry uh, experiences. Was there a moment, Chris, where it just like, boom, I'm all in for Jesus, no turning back. The, was there a, a particular powerful encounter that just like, man, that this is this is legitimate. I'm I'm never going back. You know, I think the earliest encounter like that was probably I was in high school and I got to spend some time at Notre Dame uh, with a life team like leadership camp. And it was the first time I'd been 
in like a huge group of young people just solidly bought into the gospel and you know willing to ask for the coming of the holy spirit in like profound ways uh, so i do remember like in some eucharistic adoration times there knowing that god was calling me to be a part of the church to be a disciple uh, in a powerful way and that's when i started thinking you know how, how am i going to live this out and how am i going to continue discerning what my vocation is and all of that uh, wow. going forward but those um those encounters have just continued to deepen you know and i can think even in the last you know five or six years where it's it, you know there isn't maybe a one defining moment like that but a whole series of them of each time i think like oh maybe this is where god wants me to be there's a deeper place there's more mm, uh, glory to god and i've just been blessed to be able to you know like almost chase wow. that uh chase that presence awesome that's great chris thanks for sharing that you know it's it's amazing all the different ways that people the journeys that people are on to become a joyful missionary disciple some of our previous guests we've had this season have had those big conversion moments or had time away from the faith before discovering again but what a beautiful testimony to hear that it was just part of your upbringing that you would have that encounter with christ that life-changing encounter in as young as in high school or in college that's just so incredible um but what was your first job working in ministry where you started to kind of live out that call after the encounter you had so my first job working in ministry was as a youth minister at Our Lady of Good Counsel. It's the parish that I grew up at. Uh, so when I was going to college, um, I was studying criminal justice and pastoral ministry at Madonna University, thinking, you know, I wanted to somehow work with, with young people. And my pastor, who's Father John Sullivan at the time, um, invited me to work as a high school youth minister at the parish. He just saw those gifts and asked me, you know, if I could help them uh, minister to young people. So it was very cool to become the youth minister of a program that I had been a part of. And my younger sister was a part of the program at the time. So that was a huge blessing to get to spend that time with her too. Um, but yeah, that kind of started me off in youth ministry. Uh, during the same time, the Archdiocese had a ministry to youth who were incarcerated. So with the criminal justice background, I was able to um, volunteer in that and um, later do some work um, with them as well. So it was just, I was very lucky that there were people who had their eyes open asking like, you know, who's got the gifts for ministry and who can we invite into this ministry? And, um, you know, they, they invited me because I don't know that it, it maybe would have become my idea, but it definitely wasn't when it started out. Yeah. Uh, that the encouragement, you know, from my pastor helped a lot. How did walking with Jesus as a youth minister help form you as his disciple? Young people are, uh, they're like a very fertile ground for the coming of the Holy Spirit. Wow. And they're very eager to take challenges. Mm. So, you know, as a youth minister, we get to give challenges to young people all the time to like grow deeper, but they're going to know if we don't follow you know, like if Whoa. we don't meet those same challenges. Whoa. So it's a great like accountability piece, you know, to um, teach a young person how to call upon the Lord, but then to, in those moments of your own life, um, call upon him as well. You know, I even remember when I was, mm -hmm. I was at St. John Newman as a youth minister before I came and worked for the Archdiocese. And during that time, you know, my father passed away that he had cancer and went through a kind of a battle. And I think about how in a time of grief and a time of loss or, you know, kind of struggle. And as beautiful as his passing was and as good as God was to my family through all of that, I think about how easy it would have been to be discouraged yeah. if I hadn't had all these young disciples who were coming to know Jesus and, you know, wow. 
showing his love in such like a powerful way and had the this real strength of that community that was willing to rally around their youth minister in a difficult time wow. you know so i mean there's wow. like it, it's so it's been the hugest blessing of my life in order to uh, be a lay minister and so to, to serve the church uh, and especially as a youth minister that's awesome chris thank you so much for for sharing that everyone in parishes they, there's a they're aware of youth ministers and youth ministry you see our high school kids highlighted and the different work that they're doing but um i don't think a, a lot of people have the opportunity to actually you know be a joyful missionary disciple witness along joyful missionary disciples of that age because of course it's not that they they haven't encountered christ yet even like yourself sometimes kids of that age are encountering christ right there in that moment and so what an incredible experience to hear from you about just the joy and the blessing of working with with the youth in our archdiocese yeah and i think it's so great that you see a young person encounter jesus for the first time there's that sense of wonder that just passes over them right and you can feel it but what it reminds us, it's like, if we ever lose that, it's when mm. we stop seeking after the Lord. You know, like they're encountering him for the first time, but there's always more. There's Come always on. a deeper place that he wants to meet us. So it, it's great to have the young church as that reminder that we have to, Pope Francis says, right? Like the church has to always be young. We have to keep seeking that and not lose that spirit. And if we don't have youth ministry and we don't have young people as that reminder, we can go stagnant in our own faith. Uh, so it's just, I think it's really hard to be a youth minister or a catechist, you know, with, with the young church and to lose that because you're just, you have that joy and that sense of wonder in front of you all the time. It's a huge, a huge grace. It's pouring out of you is infectious brother. I got to dig in, uh, go after it, man. How do you, how do you keep seeking the presence of the Lord? How are you going? How are you going deeper? And you know, it's, it's so clear you value it. Just fire away, brother. Tell us about your prayer life, man. <laughs> Seriously. That was spicy. Good. Well, my, um, Kind of recently, in the last couple of years, what I've been really seeking the Lord is through some different healing ministries. And um, a couple of years ago, some friends of mine had read the book Unbound, like oh, yeah. the Unbound, the Practical Guide to Deliverance. And uh, every person should read I thought it. Thought I was, I was um, invited to St. Paul in the Lake Parish because they were doing a, a workshop on it, and I thought it was a workshop for people that wanted to lead Unbound. But really, it was a workshop for people that wanted to receive. And um, I showed up and was like, well, Lord, I'm here. So this is where you called me to be in this moment. You know, so I'm going to receive this and I'm really going to dive into this. And I had a really powerful encounter, you know, during that workshop. So then I signed up again for what I thought was a leader's workshop. This time it was at Our Lady of Good Counsel, a little closer to my home and I brought two of my other friends and we showed up and again, it was a workshop. Oh my gosh. Who is writing their like event <laughs> you know, copy? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, then my, my good friend, Beva, she said to me, well, this is where we are. Maybe we're supposed to be here. And I was like, well, that was my, that was what I said last time. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we can't turn around. So, so my two friends, uh, we went through it again and it was just an even deeper encounter with the Lord. And um, so I got really involved with Unbound Michigan and different things and helping to lead Unbound Prayer with young people and come up with models that worked for young people. And um, right around the same time, I learned about this place called Encounter Ministries. And uh, there's a, a healing school, which Father Patrick knows a lot about. It's a great place. And I said to myself, if I ever had Monday nights free and had some of the freedom to be able to take their classes, that I would do that. And uh, then I got a job at the archdiocese that didn't require me to work Monday evenings. And I said, well, I, 
I said, if a door was open, I was going to try that. So I'm in the second year at the encounter school and, um, yeah, I've really just been like pressing into my own healing, but then mm. also allowing the grace that God's given me to overflow and flow into nice. other people too. I've heard it talked about a lot, healing ministry. I have some mm. friends who are involved. I've, I know Father Patrick that you're involved, but for our listeners who may not be as aware yeah. of what is healing ministry, what is that unbound prayer that you talked mm-hmm. about, Chris? Could um, Maybe, uh, Father Patrick, you can lead and then hear from you, Chris, from your experience as well. Uh, just in a, real quick, what yeah. what is that kind of prayer? Chris, how about I do a short one on, on physical healing like, and I'll pitch it over to you for unbound. Sounds good. You've just become a co-host. I, I, I'm brand new too, go. buddy. <laughs> so here we go. Um, you know, uh, the in Mark chapter 16, um, Jesus, when he says to, uh, you know, as he's ascending, um, he says to them, well, yeah, right around the ascension, he says, you know, these signs will accompany those who believe in me. In my name, one of the things he says is they'll lay their hands on the sick and they'll recover. And at the Last Supper in John chapter 14, uh, verse 12, he says, Amen, amen. I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do and even greater works than these. And back to Mark 16, we hear that they went forth and proclaimed the gospel and the Lord accompanied them with signs and wonders. And as we read through the gospels, we see that Jesus is always teaching and he's proclaiming and demonstrating his first public message, you know, in Matthew's gospel, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he proclaims it. Then he demonstrates it. You know, in Mark's gospel, we've been traveling lately. He drives out a demon a couple weeks ago. That's his first public demonstration of power that we read of Mark's gospel. Then immediately when he leaves the synagogue, he goes and heals Peter's mother-in-law. And so Jesus, you know, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he shows how he treats uh, sickness and he, he loves to heal. We know that, you know, not everything is healed in this life. And we do believe that we will receive the gift of a, of a resurrected uh, body at the second coming of Christ. But even now, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And, you know, the Catholic Church teaches in the Catechism 2565 that the grace of the kingdom is our soul in union with God. And we can truly lay claim to what St. Paul said, yet I live no longer I, Christ is living in me. If, you, if we have faith for that, we can take a step further and say, I can do the works that Jesus did. Because he said, amen, amen, I say to you, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do, and even greater works than these. And at Encounter Ministries, which I'm blessed to be involved with, Dr. Mary Healy is a, a dear friend of Encounter. And she wrote a book on healing that really... Uh, the, the premises I would say, I hope I don't misparaphrase her, is that if you are a disciple of Jesus, don't worry if you don't have a charism for healing. Don't worry if you're not a saint. Um, I mean, we all want to strive to be a saint and we can ask for a charism. But as you go and share the gospel with people, look for opportunities to pray for people, to pray for physical healing with expected faith because Jesus still heals today. And maybe, Chris, you could tell a story in a little bit about Brian, that one we witnessed this summer. You were, you and I were there for that. That was awesome. Yeah. So the Lord loves to heal, and the archbishop has said and unleashed the gospel. Signs and wonders are a normal part of the, of the life. And here in Archdiocese of Detroit, we are really being blessed in the new Pentecost to just to lay hold of our true DNA, the blueprint of the church and actually the apostles where signs and wonders are normal and they accompany the gospel and help hearts to realize the kingdom of heaven is at hand. He's worth everything. He's the pearl, the great treasure. That's probably the last time Emily asked me a question. Chris, <laughs> I don't have long, short form. That People was beautiful. Know. No, that Chris, was it's beautiful. You. That was beautiful. And in, in Unbound, we're, 
we're doing a similar pressing in, in terms of acknowledging the truth that God created us to be free, to receive his love and to share in his blessings. And that over the course of our lives, lots of things try to leash that freedom, right? Whether that's sin or it's uh, unforgiveness or uh, just like wounds that we carry from different traumas throughout our lives, any influence of evil spirits, like anything like that comes and just gets, slowly tries to rob us of that freedom. So in the Unbound Prayer Model, we're looking at just like five simple prayer skills or steps that we could lead people through in order to allow them in Jesus name to reclaim that like holy state they were created to enjoy, right? To have freedom. So we can walk people through like how do we repent of the sins and those things that are our own fault how do we forgive and uh let go of the faults that we find in others uh, how do we renounce addictions and wow. things like that that have come onto our lives and in the name of jesus like claim authority over all of those things and over our own souls um to be able to then in the last step just receive the blessings of the father and um to picture that moment right where at jesus's baptism where he's hearing the father's words say like, this is my mm -hmm. beloved son with whom I'm well pleased. And ideally, you know, if you're going through an unbound prayer, each of us is going to have that moment where we're underneath the open heaven, mm -hmm. uh, hearing those words of our own father speak to us. And uh, I've just witnessed myself go through this model and through different retreats and things like that, where we're kind of playing around with those different prayer skills and inviting the Holy Spirit in, in different ways. Like I've heard that in my own life. I've seen that in the lives of young people. And I've just heard testimony after testimony now of people really experiencing the love of their father uh, by going through repentance and forgiveness and renouncing an authority. And it's just been an awesome journey uh, to go through. It's played into my own weight loss journey. And uh, you know, there's tell us more. I Keep going. Yeah, like, tell, tell us about that. Um, in my own, you know, I had, I'd struggled with weight like forever and uh, for most of my life. And it had gotten to a point where I just, was literally weighed down. And uh, I remember my roommate or former roommate at the time uh, joined the seminary and he was living with me because he was discerning joining the seminary, but he invited into my house, like lots of little devotional things that I hadn't tried before. And one of them was uh, keeping holy water by the door. So when he moved off to seminary, he left holy water by the door. And I said, well, I'm the only one who lives here now. So this must be, you know, for me. And I was blessing myself leaving the house and out of my mouth, I just said, Jesus, I'm dying. Like, like I need help. Like, wow. like a prayer that just came up from within me that I, it kind of startled me. It took me by surprise. And I was on my way to a doctor's appointment, you know, like in this, this moment. So I just shared with my doctor and said, listen, I, I need help. Like, I don't know what to do, but like, literally I feel like my soul is crying out. Mm -hmm. Like I need help with this. And, um, she had all the right like referrals and things that had heard and it was awesome. But I really started looking into these unbound prayer steps that had helped me with so many other mm -hmm. things and looking at like, okay, what do I need to repent for? And what lies do have I believed about myself because of my weight that I need to renounce? And, you know, how can I speak the name of Jesus over the different addictions that I have and everything like that in order to like reclaim an identity. And um, I had a ton of support, like a ton of support that came, but that spiritual fire that's being started through unbound, um, just continued to burn. And um, I was so blessed because of that. And I've just seen so many people go through similar stories of healing because they have this freedom operating in their lives. So uh, just cannot thank all the people enough for hosting those retreats and 
you know, really doing these preachings and stuff to help us learn how to connect with God like that. Chris, I'd love to ask you about um, something we read about in the, the questions we send the guests before the program. Um, in your second year of Encounter School of Ministry, you're working on a project that flows from your testimony of, of the, the breakthrough you got with, with the, the weight loss. And it's so awesome to hear that that clearly was a spiritual journey for you. But tell us about that project, what, what the Lord's doing. Like that breakthrough in your life is leading to grace overflowing, like you said to others. Go for it. I um, I heard in on one of the Unbound retreats that I went on this little piece of theology that I love, but it was the idea that God can never give us enough. He can only ever give us too much because in his abundance, right? Like he can't fill a cup. It has to overflow yeah. every single time. And I had noticed in the life of my parents and mentors and things like that, grace overflow from them. And then I heard that same idea in Encounter where they're saying like someone could have a, a healing of their eyes and then they go on and pray for other people yeah. and they just keep healing eyes and started thinking like, well, what's my overflow? You know, like, where has God blessed me abundantly where I know that he's going to just overflow that blessing. And I said, it's, it's definitely weight loss wow. that, you know, this was a, a, definitely a journey for me, but it came very easy because of his grace. And um, if he was willing to give it to me, then I can be willing to give it away as well. And uh, my partner on the project, Brian, who you oh, mentioned geez. a second ago, has also experienced great physical healing in his own life, a little more like miraculously, uh, you know, maybe than my own in that in an encounter retreat setting, uh, he had legs that were different lengths and it had plagued him for a while so as we were praying for him his leg lengthened like in front of our eyes which was this miracle <laughs> yeah uh, yeah so he had I, you were there because yeah <laughs> i remember that you were there too father uh yeah it was just an amazing an amazing miracle but and he's had healings like that throughout his life oh my uh, gosh and also has this understanding right that there's definitely grace within him in which he's called to um, overflow and to give away so we're um, working on a project where we can tell our own testimonies of being healed to others because there's something in hearing a testimony that all of a sudden you start to believe that, yes, God can do this, right? And when you believe he can do it, it's like you're giving him permission to do it. Uh, so we wanted to have a platform to get our own testimonies out, to teach some little prayer skills. We're not using Unbound, um, but to just use some prayer skills to connect people then with the heart of the Father after this faith has grown. And then we're inviting people who want us to pray with them um, to just have that connection so that we too can pray and just ask for overflow of this grace into their own lives and to see what God does with that. And um, we started it. We started telling people that was our project and a couple of the um, responses were like, Oh, but God doesn't miraculously heal people from obesity. You know, like, like we see like, the blind get their sight in scripture and stuff, but we don't have like a story. And uh, my response is, well, we don't know what God's going to do. Wow. Like he can be as, God can be as good right. as God wants to be. Amen. And we're going to give him any space we can in order to do that. Wow. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's what we're, we're starting out on here is a weight loss prayer ministry. It's amazing. And that is miraculous to lose 185 pounds. Oh, gosh. Um, Emily, what do we need to do next? You know, I want to ask 17 <laughs> questions. I better check in with you. 
No, you, ask your questions, Father Patrick. I, I think freedom. Yeah, freedom. Go for it. All right. Hey, honestly, when's the last time you listened to a podcast and somebody said, and then the guy's leg got lengthened? Seriously. Right. Like, come I on. Know. Can we get more of this in the Holy Spirit in the church far and wide that like miracles become normal? Praise God, you know, because we serve an amazing miracle working God. Amen. Chris, would you tell the story? Of Brian. People got to hear that story of his leg getting popped. And I could maybe give a little clear commentary because I was an eyewitness with my eyes open, but go for it, buddy. So listen to this, folks. We had been praying for his leg to be lengthened on other retreats, right? Like this is this was something that Brian had really been seeking from the Lord for some time. And um, we were, Brian and I were actually there. We were doing a mission for Ireland. I think you were supposed yeah. to be in Ireland, yeah, right? We did it virtually. Um, <laughs> So we were invited to come and to pray and to just help um, pray from afar, you know, in Brighton uh, for this group of people who are in Ireland. So we were really there just to support them and to pray for them, not seeking any kind of necessary healing for ourselves. Uh, But there was a woman who was there who um, asked for prayer and Brian and I were a prayer team. So we were praying over her and she really felt like the Lord was asking her, uh, to have her leg healed and to have a lessening of pain, like in her own leg. And so we prayed and had a little bit of, you know, relief from her own pain and everything like that. But in hearing that, Brian realized, wait, that's what I've been praying for too, right? Like this might be an anointed time for the Lord to be moving in a way that heals right legs, you know? Um, So we um, went over to a prayer station and gathered some people and we're just praying as we had many times before, you know, for his leg to be lengthened. And um, I, they tell you never to close your eyes as a prayer ministry person so that you don't like miss like a miracle happening. And um, I remember I was like closing my eyes, like praying for <laughs> Brian and was just really felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, um, like, he, I'm going to move, right? Like, I'm yes. going to push this, like, joint. And then all of a sudden I hear Brian and uh, one of the other guys who are there go, ah, yep. and, like, just, like, exclaim out. And uh, I, like, open my eyes, and the woman who's holding his legs, yeah. like, she's looking up, like, oh, my gosh, like, what's just happened here? And um, he got up and, and just walked away, you know, like, oh my ready, to, ready to, you know, balanced and everything. And it was a, just a crazy anointed time. And uh, we had seen, we had heard testimonies of other people having healings like that, you know, like spontaneous generative healings, I think is what they call them. Um, and, but never at like our prayer station, you know, had we seen something like that. Um, but yeah, it was just, it was an amazing, an amazing time. But Father Patrick, that's not even the first healing that you and I had a part of because you were you were my healing story. You said we met in the sacristy, but we should tell that story. Um, I was leading a, a mission to Guatemala uh, for St. John Newman. So we were taking some young adults mm. and some high school students to Guatemala. We were leaving on a Sunday. And I had the Michigan Catholic Young Adults Conference at St. John Newman the, like two days before, you know, so we have a statewide conference and then I'm getting on an airplane to go to Guatemala and my Emily, my ears completely closed. Like I had oh, yeah. the worst had like, ear infection, <laughs> sinus infection, like fever, like it was awful. It's to the point where like, I couldn't even go to the conference. Um, I was like, luckily I had a great team of people, but I was like, I have to get better before I can get on this plane and take these kids to Guatemala. 
And I ended up going up to the church for the holy hour and the mass, I think that Father Patrick was doing, just so that I had any presence at this conference whatsoever. And um, I went into the sacristy to say hi to Father Patrick because I hadn't, I don't think I had met him at, the, at that point, but just to welcome him to St. John Newman. And I said, you know, I don't know what I'm supposed to do because I'm going to Guatemala tomorrow and I'm this sick. And Father Patrick and the seminarian that was with him prayed over wow. me in the sacristy, which I was very like touched that it was happening, but I had no context for faith healing or anything at that point. Wow. I'd seen lots of like, um, like spiritual healing and stuff through Unbound and like psychological healing and stuff like that. But I walked out of the sacristy after being prayed over and my ears opened up and my, like I could breathe. I mean, like I walked through the door of that sacristy, got on the airplane and was completely healthy the entire time. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was like, and I was just like, God is good. Like he knew exactly what I needed in that moment. Um, Wow. Thank you for sharing that, brother. I honestly forgot that we prayed there. That's amazing. And, and really, it's, it's what if every disciple of Jesus, and I got to ask you a question about your new ministry at the Archdiocese, but what if every disciple of Jesus, you know, in our, every act of Christian service was ready to share the gospel? And that's what the Archbishop talks about is proclaiming the gospel and ready to pray. When we pray, the Lord shows up, ready to back it up, ready to let, you know, our Christian service efforts um, be charged with the power of the Holy Spirit for evangelization. I just got to say it really quick for the listeners. I had my eyes open when that guy's leg was healed, Brian, and I was standing next to somebody. We, there were several of us gathered around. My eyes were open, and to me, this was fun. It, if you ever saw somebody like get zapped by electricity, like I saw with my own eyes, his leg go, boop, like just pop. And, uh, and I looked at the person next to me with joy and they looked back at me like, did you see that? Did you see that? We both saw it. And what Brian said that touched my heart so much, he says, I've been pursuing this for a year because after I heard God lengthens legs, I went after it. Like he'd heard miracle stories that, that God does, you know, I mean, it's, it's just another wonderful attribute of our glorious God. He does love to heal and he loves that we ask for that to happen. And the spiritual ones are the biggest ones, of course, that you have such a heart for that as well, Chris. Tell us about your new ministry with the Archdiocese. It's, it's awesome. Your heart for healing, your heart for the gospel, and then the Lord bringing you to be the director of Christian service for the Archdiocese now, right? Yes, as of last Monday. Um, official, official. Official, official. Yes, no, it's it's a great time. We're really excited. Um, yeah, when COVID started and the pandemic happened, um, I was asked to my, I have a social work background as well in my education and everything. So I was asked to be the interim coordinator for Christian services in the archdiocese. Uh, we were able to do some amazing things during um, the initial shutdown with our food pantries and everything like that. And just had been praying and discerning if uh, moving full-time into the Christian service ministries was, you know, what the Lord was asking me to do. And, um, just this last week, we've, um, as part of Families of Parishes, we're changing the name of the office. So we'll be the Office of Evangelical Charity. Wow. But we're, um, Which comes that, from the letter, right? That's coming from Unleashed the It comes from the, the letter, yes, where the Archbishop is asking that all of our, our good works out in the world can be tied back to the saving love of Jesus mm. Christ. That we resist the temptation to just become like secular philanthropists that we resist the temptation to think of ourselves as any other social service agency, but that in everything we do, we know like, no, we do this because we know the dignity of the human person, but we also know the love of God for his children. 
and we want to um, to be that presence. So um, from Encounter, Grow, Witness, I mean, all through the Synod, we've been talking about how do you witness to the reality of God's mercy, and there's lots of ways to do that, but in the evangelical charity, we're looking at it through some of those um, more human service, uh, Christian, typically Christian service type ministries. Can you tell us a little bit about what that was like during the pandemic specifically? Um, what, you know, you mentioned that in that at the start of the pandemic is when you really needed to step into this role. And I know that you've just done, and we're almost at one, about one year now. Um, what was that like to, to serve in a time of such great need? I mean, there is need everywhere in every corner of the world at all times, but especially during the pandemic. Can you, can you share a little bit what that was like? You know, it was a real honor to be able to be introduced to like the community of Christian service ministers in the archdiocese during the pandemic, because you know, when we're, we're trying to figure out, we have to close churches and we have to go work from home and everything like that. We have a real group of heroes that, you know, can't leave their posts uh, because the people in their parishes rely on them so strongly and they're priests and they're lay people and religious, uh, but they kept food pantries open. They kept soup kitchens open. They stayed up all night building barriers and rethinking processes and stuff to be able to do this safely. Um, but I think we have a lot to be really proud of and a lot to be really thankful for in the service that these people had in their parishes. Uh, just lots of real glory stories going through that. Um, I got to do some cool things through the generosity of the Knights of Columbus and working with Catholic Charities. We were able to um, keep all the food pantries open in our parishes. That's amazing. Um, so that That's was amazing. just an amazing project to work on. Uh, we were able to... Um, work we the diocese has a mercy in action day every year and we weren't sure what that was going to look like in covid but we had a greater participation this year even than in years past um just with parishes coming out with creative things that you can do socially distance to continue to witness to the reality of god's mercy and they came up with such great ideas in doing that uh, right now we're working with some parishes will be vaccine sites wow. coming up and we're working on some uh red cross connections because we need blood drives to continue happening and things like that. So um, yeah, there's just a lot of good that can be done uh, still. And I think the church has been awesome at being on the front lines of a lot of this. So I think you, we've heard that, you know, we'll know, like carry out Jesus's love, we'll do evangelization through signs and wonders. And I think hearing you describe how evangelical charity is being carried out, carried out in the archdiocese is such a sign of the, the work of the Holy Spirit in Southeast Michigan. So thank you, Chris, for your, uh, just sharing that, sharing about that with our listeners and for your work to lead some of these efforts and to help just guide and support, not just lead, but really support our parishes through the work that they're doing as well. Well, thank you. It's awesome. What, um, what's your dream, buddy? Right now, like where you're at in your life, what's your dream in the Holy Spirit? What do you, what's your, your kingdom dream right now? I think it's like a city of Detroit that's on fire. Come on. And I, we were asked to, we were asked to, to, to do this as an activity and encounter, right? Like, where are we going to claim? And I think like, I want to claim the city of Detroit, the Archdiocese of Detroit, like in the name of Jesus Amen. for the father, for his kingdom. And, um, I can see like, I mean, I love that you bring it up, right? It's, it is, it's signs and wonders and it's those ordinary acts of charity, which when done in Jesus name can set the city on fire and can heal all this incredible woundedness that we can see everywhere we look in society today. 
um, people asking like, are there any, are there any selfless people left? <laughs> it's like, absolutely there are. Right. But we followed the most selfless one, uh, and we can, you know, witness to that. So, yeah, I just, I think there's a overflow of charity. There's an overflow of goodness. There's an overflow of the spirit over the city. And it's not really a dream. I know it's happening. Um, so it's, we're just going to keep advancing it. Father. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining us, for your time. It's such an amazing to hear from you and so many different things about youth ministry, about your own, your healing story, about the work you're doing now. So truly just the a gospel has come alive in you. And we're so grateful to you for sharing your story with our listeners today. Well, thanks so much. Uh, thank you so much, Chris. It has been great to have you. And speaking of Unbound, that fifth key, the Father's blessing, uh, brother, would you pray for us? Would you lead us out in prayer and ask the Father to bless us? Absolutely. We pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. In the name of Jesus, we ask for a special presence of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask that you just open our eyes, you open our ears, you open our hearts to your presence. Lord, we ask that everyone hearing this podcast can feel the loving hands of their Father surrounding them. As if everyone listening to this podcast can hear the Father say, You are my beloved child. With you, I am well pleased. Lord, we thank you for this time of blessing and this time of love. We ask that you continue to pour yourself out into our hearts in a way that each of us can know, that each of us can also freely give away. We ask that each of us can take this blessing and bring it to our neighbors, to our families, to our fellow parishioners, Lord. And that through your love, we can set this city on fire. We pray all this confidently in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, may the blessings flow. Amen. You set me up for a good dunk there, Chris. Thank you, buddy. Woo! The alley-oop. Father Patrick loves a good alley-oop. I do! Thank you for listening to another episode of Open Door Policy. Listen to more episodes and subscribe online at unleashthegospel.org forward slash podcast. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.